Welcome back to our series on Plato's Republic. In this episode, we will be discussing Book 8 and the four different uh, deviations of, of character and constitution from the uh, deviations from the just man and the just society, uh, which is alluded to as aristocracy. Uh, and the aristocratic man, uh, but you can think of what that what that ultimately means is the uh, the well ordered uh, man, the well ordered society, uh, the one that's just, the one that is um, uh, properly ruled, and therefore there's a type of um, kingship in a way, um, but but it's a uh, it's a type of governance where the ruler actually is the ruler and the subjects actually are subjects and there's no internal tension where the, the subjects are trying to be the rulers uh, or the ruler uh, you know lets go of his his power and and, and wants uh, someone else to take it over or he's trying to do something else the idea is you have the perfection of, of order both in the uh, the state and in the soul and then you have these deviations, um, uh, these uh, degradations of, of that. And Socrates articulates four different stages. And I, I don't think it's best to think of these as four like radically different kinds, but it's actually just versions of uh, tyranny or uh, um, different strengths of, of tyranny. So at the, you know, the, 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 the lightest um, strength is uh, the, the, uh, the, the democratic man or democracy, which is a slight deviation. And then as it gets worse and worse, as the tyranny gets worse and worse, um, that is tyrannical power gets greater and greater, uh, you, you, you start to shift from democracy into oligarchy into democracy and i think what ultimately this um uh um this picture uh of degradation is is it's a fractioning or a a, um, a splitting of the one the perfect um, unified whole into the parts where the parts um war against the whole and and in some ways um, the, uh, the 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 parts this is just sort of a metaphysical you know um, metaphor but the parts um, take the place or try to take the place of of the whole uh, and what we'll see is this inverts um, freedom it inverts um, what it means to be a subject uh, and so you 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 at at, at um, tyranny, what happens is the, the those who are perfect slaves actually become the rulers, uh, and so it's the worst situation that one can find oneself in. That is in a, in a tyrannical state, because um, the one who's doing the ruling is himself the one who's most enslaved, uh, and so the freedom is going to be at a at a minimum uh, in, in such a state. Uh, and this happens in the case of the soul as well. Think about 
your life and what's running your life, what aspect of you is in charge? Um, is it is it your hunger? Is it your lust? Is it uh, your um, you know your your determination or lack of determination? Uh, is it your reason? Um, is it is it love? Is it um, the will? Is it pride or honor? Right? So think about like what is it that's sort of running um, your life? And if it turns out that that is what is most um, enslaved, meaning that is what what is most um, controlled by something other than you, you have the least control over, put it that way. And if that's what's running your life, meaning that's what's determining or dictating uh, all of your choices, all of your thoughts, um, all of your emotions and reactions, uh, then your life is going to be um, an enslaved life because the ruler of it, namely that one part that is that is the uh, the, the the tyrant of your soul, is itself enslaved. Um, and so, not only do you become enslaved, uh, but you paradoxically um, become enslaved by one who is himself enslaved. And so, it's sort of the worst situation of all. And you ultimately get to that state by a um, deviation from uh, the 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 replacement of the whole by the parts, where the parts try to overtake the the whole. And one step away from that tyrannical state is the democratic state. We're kind of working in reverse, and the democratic state is the one where the many uh, are the ones that are ruling. Um, Right, uh, and so the you know who's making the decisions? What's well, going to be the majority, the many? Um, and so there's a um, there's still a, a sense of it not being as bad as um, tyranny, um, but the type of freedom that Plato thinks is is present in a democratic state or or via democracy is only going to be a um, a pseudo freedom, and and we can talk about this here in a bit. But it's a uh, it's a freedom which comes through the uh, um, the privatization uh, of the of the part, such that nothing interferes or um, gets in the way of the life of the part. And the reason this is only a pseudo freedom for Plato is because. Uh, Education, going back to what we saw in books uh, six and seven, uh, education isn't going to uh, really play a role because uh, the only type of education that could occur would, would be a type of um, uh, uh, force, forced education. Um, the, the, the idea in a democracy is sharing is um, not uh, something that... that that would occur unless one, um, you know, makes the makes the decision to want to be educated, um, right? So, so the the way that the way that the just society was was that they share everything in common, everything gets properly ordered. Uh, going back to the the need for musical education, which is about you know harmonizing of the parts into a whole. Um, 
But once, once the parts are cut off from each other, which Plato thinks happens within a democratic state where the parts become their own, they have their own life, they have their own, they have their own um, uh, um, will, they have their own goals, their own purposes that don't inter, intermingle or, in, or they're not interconnected, uh, that separation um, makes it impossible for there to be an internal unity between the parts. Rather, the best that can happen is some form of external agreement or social contract, uh, which was alluded to in, in book two with uh, Glaucon's um, description of, of what the, the many think justice is. Um, and so the, the only um, sort of the only hope uh, for um, freedom within the democratic state is as as an external freedom, uh, because it, it's going to have to be a freedom that circumnavigates um, education, which is, um, as we saw in the allegory of the cave, it's internal freedom. Uh, there's a type of internal unity. Um, that that is had in, in education remember the whole body is turned towards the light turned towards the exit of the cave um, and so unless the whole body all the parts are ordered um, uh, properly one won't be able to um, understand going back to the, to that to that image or that that analogy of the of the cave um, think about if if you have an aspect of your life which is um, sort of a uh, you know, overly like domineering, uh, overly controlling, um, such that you have just a difficult time staying focused because you you're just you know so addicted to thinking about sports or thinking about uh, something else. It's going to be difficult to to take the time and and have the patience and the perseverance to read through Plato's Republic. You're going to constantly be finding finding your your attention pulled elsewhere um, and and that's to say that that this other aspect of your life is keeping you from being able to turn towards higher things uh, and so you're 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 being enchained to uh, the the world of sports um, unable to even though your will your your intellect uh, you, you sort of want to to, 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 to ascend or transcend or to see the world as fully good in the image and, and likeness of God, as we were referring to last time, uh, to see everything as participating in the good. You might want to have that view on reality, but because you have this um, uh, um, in, enslavement to um, the, the, the world of uh, sports or the world of um, the passions, whatever whatever it might be, uh, that's going to uh, prevent you from actually doing that. Um, so the, 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 you know, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, and it, it, it's what um, enslaves you. And so the whole, um, the whole uh, of you, the whole of you, the best way to put it, um, needs to be turned um, in the same direction um, and the problem for Plato in a democratic society 
is that there's no grounds for unifying all the parts or all the, 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 the various um, members, citizens, uh, parts or faculties, if we're talking about the soul, um, in the same direction. Because each has its own say, each has its ability to you know, speak as loudly as any other. Um, each has a, the ability to correct the other one. Uh, there's no proper um, authority in 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 uh, in a democratic um, society. Each each has the same weight, and so um, whatever turns out to be the um, the strongest in regards to um, you know number or the strongest in, in amount to like gravity or weight, that's going to then. Um, overpower the uh, the the others, um, so so this is ultimately a um, a pseudo freedom. Uh, Plato thinks because it it will inevitably um, lend itself to tyranny. Um, it'll lend itself to a type of enslavement. And now, if you think about your own life, uh, the the instances of your own life where you um, have not given any attention or any thought or any, um, you know, uh, wherewithal to how your life is going or whether you should X, Y, or Z. Uh, you might not have ever asked the question. Um, I know this is a lot of fun, but maybe I'm forming a bad habit here. Uh, you've never, you've never given that much thought until several years down the line when it's too late and you realize, wait a second, I'm not free anymore. I can't make decisions about how my life goes because I'm so um, addicted or enslaved or bound to um, uh, this thing that I had not originally thought would be enslaving. I thought this was something that I had the, the strength and the uh, power and the freedom to choose, but now I come to realize that what this has done is it's actually enslaved me. Uh, and so then the question is, is how do you find um, freedom from that? That's the, that's the great challenge. And Plato uh, doesn't really address that too, too much. But what he does address is um, the need to avoid that error. Um, and, and that error is one that, that begins so subtly like it, it's it's such a subtle um uh source or origin um here's here's how socrates thinks this this occurs uh this at the very beginning of book eight where he begins to talk about democracy which is it's it's the type of constitution where the um the rulers are are those that um are the ones that um, love honor, um, as he calls them, the the honor-loving uh, uh, constitution, and the um, I think the thing to realize about what's happening here is you have the honorable uh, life, the honorable action, and then you have the effect of that, which is the honor that's received. Um, you could think of it like, instead of honor, think of uh, think of it in, in a context more 
akin to our situation now. Um, uh, you do an action of, of charity and you're more interested in the, um, the praise that you are given because of that action. Now, it, it is a praiseworthy action. You do something like you donate a kidney or something. That's a praiseworthy action. People should recognize that if you give a kidney to someone, you're very likely such that you have a, a really great character. It's it's not easy to give away kidneys. Uh, so you, you, you have done something praiseworthy, but the 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 democrat or within the democracy what's the real goal isn't um doing the action which happens to be praiseworthy but you're more interested in the praise received for doing the action and so that becomes your ultimate um goal and that's automatically a um a division you're you're automatically starting to separate the reality, the good of the action from um, its effect, uh, right? So, so I think what, what Socrates is, is trying to articulate is a separation of reality from appearance or the internal from the external and uh, is going to um, incline or entice one to this, to this division or this choice between which do you really care about do you care about the internal or do you care about the external and uh, once that division has been made um, it's it's um, going to be sort of overly um, tempting it seems for a preference to be given to the external um, and then uh, you're you're automatically now slowly turned away from the good as such and you're now ordering your life towards the um, the effects of, of the good. Uh, and it's a subtle distinction. It doesn't seem that significant. But I, I think where this ultimately goes is what we just said a, a little bit ago, which is ultimately to um, tyranny. It's a, it's a loss of, of freedom. It's a loss of um, uh, control over, over oneself. It's that the internal... Um, order is is now replaced by um, an external order and ultimately what an external order is thinking about it in terms of like an order coming from the outside um, it's a type of tyranny it think about a law if if you if you're talking about um, law an external law uh, is one where someone from the outside is telling you do this and don't do that. Um, there's nothing wrong with external laws um, in principle, provided that they correspond to some internal reality. If there's no internal reality or internal reason for why the law is like intrinsically good or intrinsically such that it 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 makes things good, then it's just sort of brute brutal force uh right if you if you have a law that says people have to wear blue on tuesday there's nothing in, in intrinsically or internally 
uh, good about that law, meaning there's nothing that corresponds to the betterment of the human being uh, that would, um, you know, lead one to make that that pronouncement, that 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 legislative uh, pr- pronouncement, and so the law itself would be like a tyrannizing law. It would be a making someone do something um, for no for no internal reason. Um, so the external isn't isn't bad provided um, it's always rooted in something internal. And this is why the um, uh, sort of in a theological context, uh, you could think about the um, the 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 Ten Commandments find their fulfillment in the Beatitudes, which would be like an internal um, um, grounding for the external law. Um, and so I think the relationship between the old and the new the new covenants um, seems to be this 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 grounding or this rooting of the external in the internal. Um, uh, I don't want to go go into that, that too much, but I think there is um, there's something significant there, which is why you don't get a um, uh, a destruction of the law, but a fulfillment of it, right? And I think that corresponds with what we uh, have been talking about here. Okay, so um, all all deviation, uh, um, political or um, psychological, meaning like pertaining to the soul, um, deviation um, is a type of um, um, faction within within the whole. And so here's how Socrates puts this. Um, this is on uh, 545D. Here's what Socrates says. Come on then, let's try to describe how democracy emerges from aristocracy. So how does the first deviation occur? And here's what, here's what he says. Or is it simply the case that in all constitutions, change originates in the ruling element itself when faction breaks out within it, but that if this group remains of one mind, then however small it is, change is impossible. And Glaucon says, yes, that's right. So, so the idea is deviation or change or corruption um, occurs when the ruling element, that is that which properly unites or properly rules everything, um, splits. Uh, um, it, there, there's a type of... Um, uh, um, um, you know, two two ends in this individual, and so the um, the life uh, of that individual can can start to come apart. The life of that society can start to come apart. You start to serve two masters. Um, the life of of uh, you know uh, of education and the life of the um, the the pleasures and and if if it's such that these are not connected or related um, or ordered uh, into like a harmonious whole such that the pleasures properly find their their meaning in relation to education, but rather these are just treated as um, unrelated, separate um, 
pursuits, then that life or that society is going to find itself um, coming apart. You start to pursue two different um, reasons or goals or, or the, the logos is now going to be twofold. And so there's not going to be a single good at which you're, you're striving. And so it's going to like war against itself um, inevitably in, in, in some form. Think about the, um, the organism, going back to the, the notion of the organism. Uh, this is something like an autoimmune disorder where the, um, the, the individual organism um, starts to sort of metaphorically see itself as um, trying to do two different things. In one way, it's trying to, you know, digest um, uh, uh, glutens, but there's another part of that individual. So this is why there's, this is a, a type of disorder. Uh, that other part of that individual is is trying to say, no, don't digest uh, the, this, this type of uh, uh, gluten or whatever. And so what you get is you get um, one and the same organism uh, is telling two different two different things. It would be good to do this, and another part saying, no, it would not be good to do this. And so there's a, um, a, a, a fight or a battle between the, 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 these two parts, uh, which will ultimately um, mean that there's, a, there's an internal corruption or internal disorder, um, and we describe that biologically as it's unhealthy, right? That plays itself out psychologically uh, and also socially, um, different parts uh, pr um, proffer different different ends or goals, which is ultimately what leads to a civil war within within the state or within the soul, uh, and and it's what we would then say is unhealthy. It's politically unhealthy. It's psychologically unhealthy, um, and this this happens slowly um, within these different forms of constitution. And I don't want to get into um, the details, although the details I think are are, are interesting. Um, uh, some of the points uh, of, of reflection on the, the the notion of money and private property, um, I think, is really you know significant and important. Um, there, there's one way of reading this which kind of aligns with some some things in. Um, uh, some of the works of Marx, and so there have been some Marxists uh, that have interpreted um, various aspects uh, of this, um, because it seems that what's going on is the the, the problem uh, of disorder is that there's this external condition uh, of these two different classes. He talks about these these two different classes on uh, let's see, this is five fifty one D, the city that's split. Uh, he says. That a city of this sort is not one, but inevitably two, a city of the poor and one of the rich, living in the same place and always plotting against one another. So if you have a city that, that, that has two different classes, both aimed at two different ultimate goals, then there's always going to be a war between the two, or at least tension um, between the two. And so it's not until those two classes, those two groups can come into um, unity with one another so as to have a single goal 
uh, you won't actually have a state or a um, um, uh, city, but you'll have two sort of subcities um, and only a, uh, uh, a simulacra of a, of, a, of, a, of a whole. You won't actually have a, a, an overarching go government. It'll, it'll be um, these two smaller states battling with each other um, to, to, to see who's going to come out on top. Um, and so the goal of, of communism, interestingly, uh, even though I think it, it's ultimately um, sort of wrong, wrong-headed for reasons I can talk about here in a bit, but the goal of communism is, is sort of a legitimate goal. It's wanting to, to unify um, this faction that, that it sees occurring within society, and it sees um, that the root of this faction is that uh, there is um, inequality. Um, and now the, the, the thing about how it tries to resolve that, um, uh, um, that faction, uh, I think is, is problematic. I mean, it's a complicated story, um, but it, it, it seems that it tries to resolve the, 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 the separation or the faction by um, an external or an extrinsic um, solution. Uh, and therefore the unity that's going to be brought about will, will at best be an external or an extrinsic unity. Um, you can think of it, think of it this way. If, if it turns out that people don't have, there's, a, there's inequality and it's this inequality that, that you take to be the root of jealousy. Um, and you say, okay, well, let's just, let's just have, um, uh, uh, let's have commonality across the board. Um, let's, let's level the playing field, give everyone, um, the, 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 an equal, an equal footing. Um, that would be an external form of equality, um, which wouldn't overcome or constitute a solution for any of the internal inequalities that, that there may or may not be um, uh, in, in the individuals. And so even by the, um, the, the, the institution of an external equality, you would still uh, find an internal inequality. Uh, and this, I think, is what is at the root of um, uh, Henri de Lubac's um, reflections on, on Marx and Marxism uh, in his book, uh, The Drama of Atheist Humanism. Uh, wonderful book, but, but um, the, the problem uh, is, is that the external conditions are manifestations or revelations of internal conditions um, such that the external is an image of the internal. And so thinking that you would fix the internal by tinkering with the external um, is only sort of like a, a, a foolish pipe dream. Um, now granted it's a, it's a good it's a good observation that there's something wrong with the division that you see this this division 
Um, but it but it's completely ignorant of the fact that uh, the external division is rooted in this internal division. And this is what Socrates actually articulates at the beginning um, when he says, there, he says, you know, we're going to talk about four different forms of um, constitutions or, or governments, ways of ruling a state. And he says, but there have to be just as many ways of ruling the soul because um, there's a like a one-to-one correlation between the um, this, the 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 constitution and the character of a of a of an individual. Uh, here and here's what he um. Uh, let's see. I believe this is right at the beginning. Five forty-four D. Here's what Socrates says. Uh, are you aware then that there must be as many forms of human character as there are of constitutions? Or do you think constitutions arise from oak or rock and not from the characters of the people in the cities, which tip the scales, so to speak, and drag the rest along with them? So it looks like Socrates is, is suggesting that the constitutions are externalizations of the characters like like the, the not not like characters in terms of like characters of a play but the the character types uh of of those that that live so if you have a bunch of um oligarchic souls the form of government they're going to instill or institute or the, the maybe the better better way of putting it the, a bunch of oligarchic people are going to constitute an oligarchy. A bunch of democratic people, meaning people that have democratic souls, are going to constitute a democracy. A bunch of people with tyrannical souls are going to constitute a, ty- a, a tyranny, right? Uh, and so it's not, it's not just a... Um, uh, uh, you know, a, a fluke that you have um, the, the the correlation between the souls uh, and the, the the forms of constitution, um, but rather there's a, a causal relation. Um, the character is what gives rise to the um, the external uh, image known as the state. Right, so this is why going back to what we saw much earlier on in the Republic, the state is the soul written large, as he as he puts it early on. Right, so the state or or society is an image of the um, the character that that lives w- within it. Um, so, if you want to know the type of character that someone has one way to look or think about this is to look at uh what it what what form of government do they live under now i think it's not a direct one-to-one type of correlation um but you might say on on a whole on a whole that's the case there can be outliers like socrates is an outlier i think um uh for the um the the um athenian people um and the Athenian form of government, uh, but I think that the point—the point being—is um, this is 
this is the root of um, of degradation or perversion of, of justice. Is it's a splitting or a separating of the internal from the external, the intrinsic from the extrinsic, um, the reality from the appearance, and once you once you split those and isolate them, uh, you now are going to be treating appearance as if it were its own reality. And you'll be treating reality as if it weren't something that I encounter in, in, in appearance. Um, this happens in, in uh, relation to uh, uh, creation and, um, and God. If you think about if, if God is, is stripped or externalized um, entirely from creation, then you won't think of creation as any as in any way communicating God or God being present in creation. Nor will you think um, uh, right. So you won't think of creation as having any significance to it. But you'll also sort of God will be so out of reach that like what what can I know about God? What what what's the meaning of God? God becomes almost irrelevant to me because it, he's so out of out of um, out of grasp, and so it's whether I think about him or not uh, doesn't really matter. Um, and so I think this this separation um, or this externalization of creation from God is um, it's very damning. It, I mean, it, it really does strip um, creation of of its logos, of its of its real uh, meaning, and it and it it actually. By placing God at such a high like pedestal, it it makes him, you know, as if he doesn't matter um, because he doesn't have any effect or any any um, connection, internal connection with um, the, the 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 incarnate, and so there's um, there's almost a um, a uselessness, a pointlessness to to the existence of God. Maybe you are concerned with debating whether God exists. But it doesn't really mean anything to you um, if, 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 if God's thought about uh, as extrinsically separated from creation. Um, and so this is why I think the notion of um, beauty, which is a key, a key notion in um, Plato, uh, it's also a key notion in the work of uh, Hans Urs von Balthasar, but the notion of beauty in Plato is one where the, the forms um, make an appearance um, in, uh, uh, in, in, in physical form, right? So the, the forms become uh, revealed. Uh, and so you encounter the forms through um, or in the matter um, rather than just seeing the matter as entirely unrelated. And so the beauty is an attempt to try to unify or wed the internal and the external trying to say there's 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 a difference but there's no separation between the internal and the external um uh but once you do get a separation um between the two then you're you're on a a, a fast road to uh tyranny um okay so uh and that's that's what uh book eight ultimately is about and uh, next time we'll be turning to book nine, which begins with a, a more 
you know, uh, articulate discussion of the tyrant himself. And so that's what we will be returning to next time.